Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is show number 105 and this week's guest is Herschel Pollard. Uh, Herschel comes to talk to us about uh, his mini project he has going on. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is what podcast? Uh, show number 105. You thought we were down, you thought we were out, you'd probably erase us, <laughs> but we're Stop still following here. Us. Stop following us. We're like lice. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're back and uh, I got everything straightened out and life's have kind of slowed down a little bit and uh, Andrew, how are you doing? Yeah, okay. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, soldiering on in semi-retirement. Mm-hmm. Cool. Lost a bit of um, get up and go when it comes to photography, mainly because my dark room has not been rebuilt quite yet. So until that's up and running, um, I don't feel I can generate yeah. too many more negatives. You know. But, uh, well, I think our guest has enough going on to. I think so. Fill yeah. us up for a little while, but yeah. So who's our guest then, Corey? Our guest today is uh, Herschel Poland. Herschel, how are you? I'm well, and uh, it's um, happy to happy to be with you guys. Yeah. I've been listening to you for a while now, and I've been enjoying yeah. it. Everyone, you probably know uh, Herschel from Instagram. He is uh, at Square Peg Pinhole. Yes, um, and uh, yeah, that I, I I didn't realize I didn't realize it was Herschel until he popped up on the recording as Herschel. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how that happens, huh? <laughs> But and then, yeah. then of course, he reminded me that he's actually a trailblazer when it comes to pinhole podcasting. Yeah, aren't you, Herschel? I wouldn't quite say trailblazer; more like a trail <laughs> trail muddler. But yeah, um, started with uh, Alex and Jenna and uh, Jeff Solderquist and uh, cool. Shelley mm-hmm. uh, back, I guess, five, six years, seven, uh, a while ago. It's uh, been a doing, while. Yeah, doing the pinhole podcast, we had about. I want to say 15 episodes, roughly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, that was uh, that's yeah. that was my it's... first foray into a podcast. At the time when we did that, I'd never actually even heard a podcast because I have never had an Apple product. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And I listened to that podcast for a while. Well, not for I list. I listened to it after the fact, you know. And then I couldn't find anything else in podcasts. And that was kind of one of the things when I started this one uh, was one of the things, one of the reasons I did it. Cause I was like, well, these guys aren't doing it anymore and they seem to have fun with it. So yeah, uh, yeah. it kind of told me in my brain that it could, that it could be done. So yeah, I went ahead and tried it. I, and, then a lot, and, and then unfortunately Andrew Bartram was unleashed on the world. So I apologize to everyone for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say yeah, it's but, gotten, it's gotten a lot easier. Um, there's always the coordination and do we use, you know, uh, whatever, whatever Google's uh, product was back then for, for uh, getting groups of people together. And yeah. it, just, it was definitely a pain in the pain in the rear. But I, I tell you what, just for a second, really quick, I'm looking at um, Alex Purcell sent me his, uh, is it a book uh, that he made? And it's awesome. Did you get one, Andrew? No. Oh, you <laughs> didn't? Uh, no. Too bad. Yeah, with the uh, 
you know, it's got the horse on the front of it, the horseshoes on the front of it. You didn't, you didn't send you one? I don't think so. Mm. Where's Mr. mine, Alex? Mr. Granny Blur himself. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, <laughs> well, anyways, I won't talk about it then. So you sent one all the way to North Carolina, <laughs> but not to War Boys. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Uh, uh, yeah, it's really good. You know, I was going to say you should look at yours and flip over to this page uh, with the trains and the London Underground, but you don't, you don't have it, so... I'll wait for you to get yours and then we'll compare them and look at them together. How about that? Mm-hmm. You, you may never have that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really, like. made a really, a really, really good. Uh, do, you, do you know what? I commented when he, when he made put that zine together, because I think it might have been his first one. Yeah. And I commented on how good the, the images were mm-hmm. and we ought to get him back on the show to talk about it. But you know yeah. what? You can just forget that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 awesome. But anyway, <laughs> good job, Alex. I'm telling you. Amazing no, job, Alex. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It looks great. It does. Shame I can't actually see it physically, yeah. but it does look great on the screen. Well, probably probably doesn't look as good in real life, though. Well, if he doesn't have any more of them, I'll, uh, I'll throw this one in the post. No, you're okay. You. No, 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 no I, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't want your discarded throwaway it's, copies. It's just sitting around. It's got co- just uh, sitting around. Co- 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 Coaster stains on it now, so I mean, oh, you see, <laughs> the way you treat other people's work, I'm you don't deserve that. You don't yeah, deserve to have a copy, you don't deserve it. <laughs> so, I, I am, I'm well, I was gonna say, I am curious what people do with zines once they get them. I know that I have a stack of them, yeah. and and I do manage to go through them uh, every every once in a while, but but I wonder if it's one of those things where somebody's just like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool, and then tosses it on a side table or a, or a bookshelf. No, I, I hang on to them. I don't, I don't toss them in the bin or anything. You know, no, I, I don't think Herschel's suggesting you threw them away. But No, no, no. Do, I mean, it's like any photo book, isn't it? I think you go back to things occasionally. Yeah. I go back to the zines I've got. Some I've passed on to others. That's not yeah. with any disrespect to the person mm-hmm. who sent it to me. No, no. You know, most, no. Most, of them, most of them I paid for, you know. Yeah. Most, <laughs> most of them. Do you find inspiration from them? I mean, like, like, do you actually look at these and go, "Oh crap, I can do that," or, or that that inspires me to to do I, something I, else? I normally look at it and think, "Bastard, that come is so good." Yeah, that's right. You'd have to beat that word. I don't think I can. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I don't think I can beat words, but I don't think I can. I don't think I can outdo uh, Alex. He's in. He's in. Uh, and also photographer, he takes some really good pictures. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he really yeah. does. Yeah. But we're You're... going to talk about you, Herschel. All right. You have a lot <laughs> going on. You have uh, you have your Instagram stuff, and then you have the Square Peg Pinhole blog. Right, but and... although that one's been dead for a while, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I still have about a thousand uh, posts in there that I ended up. I didn't delete them. I just hid them. And the reason why is because I get rid of my Flickr account. So all the, all the pictures that were connected to Flickr, you know, suddenly they were just empty, empty spaces. Uh, yeah. So I've got to go back through and, and reconnect pictures to, to stories. Yeah. Uh, it's hmm. interesting about Flickr, isn't it? And we've all, we all remember the halcyon days of Flickr. Not so many years ago, you know, when the conversations used to flow backwards and forwards, particularly sort of around Polaroid and specific interest, things like that. That was before before Instagram, right? (laughs) Well, it was before Instagram and it was before a lot of the Facebook groups kind of taken over. Because the the vibe that we have going in the Lensless podcast Facebook group and others that I'm involved in 
it's much like the old interaction we used to get with Flickr. Mm-hmm. I agree. And yeah, it's a, it, it's really nice to have people interacting versus, you know, just a thumbs up or a heart. Um, mm. while, uh-huh. A little hard. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that can be validating, uh, I guess. Um, you know, at some point you go through this period of, oh, you know, I only got four likes on this versus, you know, 55 or, or whatever. And, and it's just it. If you go down that rabbit hole, suddenly you start questioning whether or not anything you do is is actually worth looking at. Everybody so. likes it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I um yeah. I keep my I keep my Flickr account open mainly because I've got so many pictures on there, and I still enjoy looking at other people's images. I, I still get involved in Polaroid Week. Well, I didn't last time, but so I keep paying the money, but it does hurt me every time I have to pay. But then you know, whatever. Why should we expect things for nothing? You know? No, I, I agree. Well, I went through a I went through an imposter syndrome probably about five six years ago, where I literally deleted everything. I had an Instagram at the time. I had Twitter with a couple of thousand followers, and yeah, I just I deleted everything and and really questioned whether or not anything I was doing was worth looking at. Like I said, and um, you know, certainly wasn't going to make any money off of this stuff. And, and is that something that I want to do? Do I want to keep pouring all of this time into social uh, media um, just to have, again, the, the thumbs up or the occasional interaction. And yeah, deleted everything and yeah. spent about two years trying to decide what I wanted to do and, and then uh, slowly came back. Cool. I yeah. think it's a real problem for many of us. It's something I've spoken about on, on a few occasions. You know, this, the social media and these these apps are very addictive and they're designed to be addictive they're designed to get you back aren't they to keep checking and mm-hmm. seeing if someone's commented and all that and it's very easy to fall down that that rabbit hole and sometimes it's just nice to take a step back and reflect and reconsider what it is you want to do with photography you know and mm-hmm. and you got to you got to please yourself first and it's very easy to say isn't it when you go onto twitter and you see people constantly posting and constantly posting often great work, you know, and thinking, wow, you know, I feel a mm. bit depressed now. <laughs> <laughs> why, why can't I be that good? I mean, yeah, I've been shooting photos for what, 30, nearly four, uh, 40, I guess 40 years. And, um, yeah, yeah. And I sit there and I look at some kid who's, you know, 18, 20, <laughs> and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. What? Yeah. So, yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and with an iPhone, probably as well. Yeah, yeah, probably. Right. That's not proper photography. What yeah. are you doing? You... <laughs> well, and I've toyed, I've toyed with that as well. What is it real photography if it's, it's if it's with my phone? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I've decided it is, uh, and I'm slowly starting to post more of the, the uh, phone pictures that I've been taking. Cool. Yeah. Don't don't sweat it, Herschel. That's the main thing. Yeah. I was yeah, um, chatting to. Andrew Atkinson, who runs the other pinhole Facebook group, uh, used to run the workshops. We had uh, we had his mate on, didn't we? Uh, yep. His uh, name has just gone out of my head. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Mine too. And you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, Where he's um, he's just gone away for the for the week in his camper van and not taking any gear with him at all, apart from his phone. And I think he's just feeling liberated, just to. For once, just to use your eyes and appreciate totally appreciate being somewhere, you know, and appreciate, you know, the wonderful landscape and the peace and quiet. Yeah. And 
maybe if he just left his phone at home as well, that might have been even better. But, yeah. I went to, uh, I had to go do some family stuff and I had to go down to Florida. And the first trip I went on that we went down there, I didn't bring anything with me. But my phone, I just didn't even want to deal with it. It was nice, you know. Yeah, well, you were going down there on sort of family emergencies, you know. Yeah, but I still would normally always bring a camera with me yeah. and, and yeah. shoot a roll of film, you know. But I kind of like just when, this time I was like, you know, I was looking, what film should I bring? What should I bring? What should I bring? But, you mm-hmm. know, I just kind of was like, you know what? I just put it in my bookcase and I just said, I'm just going to bring it. I'm just going to let it stay here. Had so, a, but, oh, I had a teacher of mine back in college uh, named Rob Heller who, uh, you know, fabulous photographer and and you know, great guy and he talked about the fact that he stopped taking his photography equipment on family trips because he realized that he was far more focused on taking pictures of you know the perfect picture of his daughter or, or kids or whatever and and less yeah. on what was going on around him and yeah he he totally stopped and said that his his vacations got 100 percent better yeah i so, believe it there's something to be said, isn't there? This is getting very deep and philosophical now, but if, you, if you're so focused, you're on those family holidays or vacations, as you guys say, and you, particularly if you've got young kids, these are moments that you just want to remember and you think, okay, well, I'll capture them on film or I'll take a photo on my phone or whatever. And you get so hung up in that, looking for that perfect image, mm-hmm. you're missing lots of other things that are going on. You know, you're missing, you're not fully engaged, are you, with the family and with the kids, really? And maybe you just, you know, commit those things to memory. Yeah. And I'm not saying don't take any pictures of them, but if that, don't well, let it don't let it be the whole focus. It is. Is it is a little weird though, because like I keep getting these, uh, hey, remember this kind of things from uh, Google, yeah. and and they'll show me pictures from the past, and and it really does actually remind me of what was going on. I know every time I look at one of these pictures, it doesn't matter how mundane it is, I can totally pull in okay this is what was going on and, and you know it's thanksgiving or or some holiday and, and so it does help me remember stuff that and make me think about it when i wouldn't actually normally think about it if that sure. makes sense yeah so, definitely so i don't know I'm, I'm torn i'm torn between the two between mm-hmm. you know, trying to take nice pictures but also really trying to enjoy whatever time i'm having I've pretty much out. stopped. Yeah. I've pretty much stopped taking large format equipment with me when I go on family holidays. <laughs> well, that—that's just torture for them. <laughs> now they have to talk to you, Andrew. It used to be you just would be gone the whole time. Yeah. So Herschel, you've been at this. You've, you've been at this a long time. Um, um, why don't you? Why don't you kind of condense those? 40 odd years mm-hmm. down into a brief uh, story of Herschel 20, Pollard. 20 seconds. Let's hear the 20 yeah, seconds. That was 10 <laughs> seconds. 10 seconds. Uh, I got my very first uh, camera. It was a 110 Kodak Instamatic thingy uh, when I was about mm-hmm. nine. Um, my father gave me uh, my very first SLR. It was a Nikromat FTN, which I had up until a couple of years ago when it was stolen out of my car. Uh, oh, I, no. Yeah, that's all right. I replaced it uh, with um, with another one, which was kind of nice. You know, fifty bucks for the body, and um, it's still out of all the SLRs that I've shot, it's still my favorite SLR. <sighs> well worth the fifty bucks that I spent on the replacement. And uh, and then in two thousand three, two thousand four, a friend of mine came uh, visiting me from Germany, and it was winter and it was kind of snowy, and he said, "Well, I'm bored. Let's do something." and he uh, he had a four by five Polaroid back. He's like, let's build a pinhole camera. And I 
my response was a what? What? So, <laughs> what? And so we uh, we built a, a pinhole camera around that four by five Polaroid pack, shot some uh, Type fifty five uh, pinholes, and mm. uh, that's where it started. Um, got a uh, the next year I got a zero image six by nine by uh, Zernike. Mm-hmm. and uh, fell in love with it and that was my primary camera for a very long time and then it <laughs> I was shooting a uh, fire one evening a uh, campfire and got a little too close to the to the fire and it ended up bubbling all the varnish on it um, and that was when I started uh, uh, expanding and exploring other types of pinhole cameras and making my own well, if you'd have got a plastic one, it would have just melted. So uh, it, it would have, it would have. <laughs> so, and actually, I just got. Uh, so I've had three of his six by nines, and I, you know, I, I use them really hard. Uh, you know, get sand in them, uh, get them wet in the ocean, and stuff like that. So I just replaced replaced my most recent one with uh, one of his back to nature ones, and I'm looking forward to shooting it. Is it the one yeah. on your Instagram, the picture, just a few lines, yeah. a couple of lines? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I said something like pure joy or something like that. And it is. I mean, it's. <laughs> I think I'm going to like it more than the uh, varnish. The varnish ones are beautiful, um, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, they get sticky over time. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm hoping that the waxed uh, body on this one won't get so yeah. sticky. I had one of those back in nature's and uh, yeah, it was nice. It was, it was a good camera. Yeah. Yeah, no, there are uh, certainly, I will say in terms of, you know, I have a number of pictures that I've taken over the years I mean, I've got thousands of negatives of pinholes and the number of times I've got people commenting saying, wait, that's a pinhole. Uh, yeah. because the sharpness and clarity of that and definitely still the best camera I've ever used in terms of pinhole. But you use all sorts of, you just like photography. I do. Yeah. I, I so do. You, you've got lens cameras and plastic oh, yeah. cameras. <laughs> plastic cameras are, are fantastic. I love <laughs> plastic cameras. They're so yeah. what I, and the the amount of uh, tape uh, I think determines how how much you actually use it, right? Um, you know, <laughs> sure. whether, whether you had to tape it together twenty times to make sure it doesn't you know, the the film back doesn't fall off or anything like mm-hmm. that. Uh, there's but, a guy, Randy from. The Holga, the Holga mod guys makes this plastic clip thing that yeah snaps around and it's supposed to be. Uh, you can use well, but... you can use like a, a hair bungee or something or yeah an elastic band or two bits of insulation tape of course which mm-hmm. I use. I remember <laughs> I le- I learned my lesson the hard way. I first got a Holga in uh, two thousand and sixty three two thousand <laughs> two thousand sixty three no two thousand and. <laughs> 10 maybe and in 2012 i hadn't really used it much 2012 i started using it and we went to the states for the first time we went to new york and that and peel apart fuji 100 f 100c uh, and 3000b so i just shot loads of polaroid uh, fuji peel apart and also the holger and Twice the back flew off my Holger, and I just hadn't <laughs> hadn't realised it flew off. I mean, it didn't ruin the whole roll, but it, I think it just gave some arty light leaks, you know. And, uh, so I had to go. Arty. I had to go and find a 
a pharmacy or a chemist or something, a drugstore, that's probably what you call it, yes. and um, find some tape. I didn't know where to buy electrical tape from, so I went to a local drugstore and they had some, and I taped the back up. But you, you, you're a lover of um, peel apart film, or you were, Herschel? Yeah, I was until it got stupid expensive. Um, I, I, like I said, I Type Fifty Five Polaroid is my favorite black and white uh, instant film, and I've got uh, lots of stuff in storage. The problem is, is that the chemicals have gone bad and all because I think they stopped making that close to ten years ago now, or more than that, probably. Yeah. So all of this stuff is very, very old. And while I've kept it in cold storage, it doesn't change the fact that the chemicals just eventually die. Uh, I've loved the FP100 uh, and 3000, but they, since they stopped making that, I've, I'm hoarding uh, probably about 10, 10 packs of that stuff. And I, I sit there and debate every time I take a sh uh, shot, especially I'm 10 hole. Um, you know, I look at the picture that I pull, I'm like, you know, was that really worth 10, 15, 20 dollars <laughs> uh, or not. Um, and so I'm, I again sit here and debate do I want to sell this stuff? And then, you know, I gave a pack to somebody. Uh, there's a photo studio here run by uh, uh, Jack White's uh, Third Man Studios. And uh, hmm. I really, I really like the, the guy who, who runs the lab there and uh, he's helped me a bit. And so I gave him a pack and I'm like, well, maybe I can just be altruistic and just give my packs away to people who are you know, worthy, who are, who, are, <laughs> who are worthy, who are worthy, and not worry about the fact that oh, I just gave that person a hundred bucks. Wait a minute. So, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I don't really know. Well, I had a stack of peel apart film. I had some six six nine, and and I and I loved using it. I had a fridge full of the stuff and I, I, I kind of, it was okay as long as you could still buy it at a reasonable price. But when they stopped making the Fuji stuff and I just saw prices start to increase, I thought I'm just going to, I'm going to draw a line under this peel apart stuff and sell it, which I did. I could probably get mm -hmm. more for it now, but I sold it all and concentrated on other things really. You know. But I have tried, have you been, have you tried the, uh, either the new entrance, you know, the one instant or the, um, the other four by five stuff that's now just gonna the Sam uh, Heiser stuff. No, I have not. Um, a friend of mine, um, Penny Penny Feltz, I know, has mm -hmm. done a lot of stuff with uh, with that, and it's again, it's cost prohibitive for me. Uh, there's a there's a point where I just don't want to spend. I guess twenty bucks uh, for a pack of film, twenty five bucks for a pack of film is fine. But again, every time I take a picture, I'm like, you know, was it really worth whatever I'm paying for this picture? The, the, the new 55 stuff is uh, is 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 pretty good, you know. Um, I think it's got better from what I see. I haven't I shot some of the earlier stuff, and I did have trouble with clips coming away, and and you know when you're spending I don't know what seventy odd dollars a box. Right, oh, yeah. plus shipping over to the UK. <laughs> so, but, and if if instant photography is all you do, and and not you, I mean, one does if right. if that's if that's your thing, and you don't spend money on normal film and you know other stuff. Well, you know, that you you could probably justify it, but if you've got if you've got multiple film outlets, 
then it's it's quite a big outlay. And I, I wish these guys well, and I just wish there was a volume of production to make them a bit cheaper, you know? Well, and, and hopefully over time that, that uh, price will go down, you know, assuming that there are enough people buying it, but I just, mm -hmm. I don't foresee that happening. I daydream about Fuji uh, or some other startup company, uh, you know, bringing proper peel apart film back, but uh, up again, yeah. dream, dream, dream all I want. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> No. Oh, have you guys uh, ever heard of Instax? I, I do like Instax. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. It's a, it's a little more difficult though to to make a pinhole camera around Instax. Yeah, uh, it sure can, is. You, I tried. <laughs> you can buy the backs. Uh, I think Holga has not Holga, but uh, Lomo has uh, uh, backs that you can do that. I think you crank them. I think you crank them out. It's like a crank pro. Anyway, uh, so I've thought about getting one of those. They're uh, and building a pinhole camera around that. When uh, Impossible Project brought out their uh, Impossible Lab, uh, what, five, six, seven years ago, uh, I did build a pinhole camera out of one of those, uh, tore it apart, and then used the, the thing to eject the film. But do, mm -hmm. do you remember back in the early days of Impossible, Herschel, the, when they were planning to bring their camera out? Mm -hmm. the, the, orig the original concept was the, the film unit, the base, right. and then you'd put different things on top of it, wouldn't you? Now, mm -hmm. that, yeah. that never really happened, and, mm -hmm. but they did, they did bring out the Instant Lab, but that idea of using the base and then different interchangeable things never really happened. But then uh, was, it, was it Doc who went off into SuperSense in Vienna, and then he launched a pin, instant pinhole camera, didn't right. he, ba based on the original Impossible design? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the that was the one with the, like the rubber front, right? That's that, it. Yeah, Alex yeah. Alex Yates Alex Yates has one, and I've not seen him yet make a decent picture with it. Quite <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I will say the Polaroid is really hard to do. Like the reason, part of the reason why I like Fuji so much was because the uh, pinholes that I could get out of it were consistent. Yeah. Uh, but the Polaroid, if you're a little bit off on your timing, uh, it would either be you know, stupidly overexposed um, or way underexposed. So it's just, it was hard. And again, you start looking at the cost per shot and you get, you know, I just spent three bucks to make a completely black picture or I just spent three bucks <laughs> to make a completely white picture. Was that really the cost benefit nice. analysis starts kicking in your head and you go, yeah, I just don't know if it's worth it. Well, Fuji have it nailed and, and it's both a, a positive and a negative they have it nailed on the consistency of emulsion don't they? and speed and things uh -huh. whereas um, polaroid impossible uh, right I, I can't really speak for the latest batch although i do have some in the fridge i haven't tried it yet how consistent it's going to be you know or do i have to wait get burned through a whole pack before i nail it you know right well and they, they have gotten a lot better i remember uh, when impossible first came out and one of my first uh polaroid uh pinholes was Actually, uh, I took an old ammunition box and mm -hmm. uh, basically taped a couple of uh, uh, empty Polaroid packs in there. And then I would go into a dark room and I would load each of those with one single sheet of film, uh, impossible film, go and expose it, come back into the dark room, pull them out, run them through the machine, uh, through a, a, a Polaroid. Uh, it's a bit of a tedious process, but... Uh, you know, and again, out of a pack of film, I might get one image that actually was a good exposure. All the rest would be really iffy. So, mm -hmm. I, 
and then you sit there and add the time. So you got the cost and then the time, and then you really yeah. start doing that cost benefit analysis. And it's like stacking up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going back to 120 film. Yeah, really, and that's getting uh, that's getting expensive too now. Right? right. Well, now you say that, but yeah. I did I did some mathematical studies the other day, oh. and I looked at the price of, admittedly, just Ilford products, so FP4, HP5, in th- 30 years ago, whatever 30 years ago was. And then I did a, I looked up for an inflation, you know, uh, calculator type thing. So what does that mean in today's prices? And the figure it came out with was about 20 or 30% more than I can get a roll of HP5 120 film mm. um, in real terms, you know. So, and I think given given the kind of niche level that film photography is, uh, 20, 30% more we're paying than we were 30 years ago in real terms is not bad. No. Now, some, some companies charge a lot more, you know, for a roll of basic Guildford film, and there's a lot of other emulsions on the market, you know, like the, the repackaged double X Eastman film, you know, that mm-hmm. comes out, you might want to spend 13 or 14 pounds a roll, or, you know, then, it, then perhaps we're talking different level of cost, but... You know, for your basic, yeah. your basic Ilford black and white film, it's it, it stands up pretty well over time, considering the way the market has changed. It does, and I, I like Ilford a lot. Um, I actually just got some of the double X film from what is the company? Sunstill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 120 stuff. Did you get? Yeah, yeah, the one twenty. Mm-hmm. I ordered it, and they shipped it immediately. A great company, and uh, unfortunately, my post office is a little confused. It's been uh, picking around uh, to all the different post offices around Nashville, but not actually getting to my house. So I don't know. Oh, uh, I think it's probably been it's probably been sitting in the sunlight, you know, and overheating. Oh, yeah. it, well, it will be be no use to you at all when it arrives. <laughs> it'll be fine. That's one of the things that I so one of the downsides to Polaroid and all of those is that eventually chemicals dry out, right? But I have found with uh, 120 film or any film like that, you know, even if it's old, it's typically a Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I used to buy a lot of like old films, expired films from eBay or wherever, but I find it weird. They're, they're getting to a point where they're as expensive <laughs> or more expensive than uh, fresh film. And I'm like, well, I don't, I, what's the point? Yeah, well, yeah. The, kids, the kids like to buy them and cross process them. And of course, it's hip and cool and all those sort of things. So, uh, yeah. And the, the canny folks realize that there's a demand and they stick the word lomography in front of it or something or lomo <laughs> and think they can charge what the heck they like you know of course arm and a leg <laughs> an arm and a leg yeah anyway herschel you, you i think cory mentioned your blog square peg pinhole which is not updated now i don't think but i think the last one you post you made was sometime during the pandemic Yes. I'd, I'd love to hear you talk about some of those little projects for our listeners because one, the first one that caught my eye um, is something which to Americans, I guess, would be something you just see and dismiss. And that's your USA flag pinhole project. Now, I don't know whether you managed to carry that on or it's something you started and uh, it's still ongoing. Uh, it's uh, it's still ongoing. So I, I started to put a zine together a couple of weeks ago because I'm like, yeah. You know, I, I look back through my pictures and I realize that I've had a fascination with how how Americans kind of 
fly the U.S. flag and, you know, you like to think that it's just in front of government buildings or maybe maybe off of a house. But the reality is that we really kind of pimp out the American flag for really everything possible. Um, like a couple of weeks ago, I went and shot a, a discount beer and tobacco place um, down the street. And actually, that was my pinhole picture for this year's uh, pinhole day. But, you know, they've got this American flag that was painted on the side of the building and, and then they've stuck this discount tobacco and uh, uh, beer sign right over the top of it. And, uh, you know, it's funny because it's actually run by a couple of uh, immigrants, which is, you know, it's I, I find the whole amalgamation of that quite interesting. Um, the going out and, and you know, you're supposed to be very patriotic about the flag and and have deep reverence for it but the reality is is that there's very little well, actual reverence for it d does it does it not depend where you are in the states i mean from so here's an outsider's view i mean i went to the states the first time in 2012 and the last time in in 2017 and the first time was on the east coast mm -hmm. so from in new york and then up to uh, um up to Provincetown, you know, New England, Cape Cod, Boston. Mm -hmm. And the second time was over in uh, uh, San Francisco and then inland a bit, you know. Um, and the third time was in Georgia. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you oh. get the picture. So the, yeah. in, there, there, was a, there was quite a lot of flags that flying on the East Coast. Um, not so many in San Francisco. Um, is, is that just attitudes to what it means to fly as stars and stripes outside your house you know there's a lot in georgia as well plus right. i didn't actually see any rebel flags but i did i was keeping there's a lot of donald trump flags but we won't talk about that uh, <laughs> um, i'm very i'm very i'm very surprised you didn't see a confederate flag in georgia um not because georgia is inherently racist or anything but but just because it's it's still a very popular image unfortunately in the south hmm but, the, uh, but there's there's a lot of them in a lot I saw of just in New York. There's a lot up the coast into New England, but not so much in San Francisco. Yeah, I don't know if that's the case for uh, to, you know. I want to say that the more liberal you are, the more or the less inclined you are to fly an American flag. But I don't think that's necessarily true. Mm -hmm. When I became fascinated by the idea was when 9/11 uh, happened. Um, prior to 9-11, yes, there were plenty of people who flew the American flag, but suddenly it, it shifted from people who tended to be older or and or more conservative to basically everybody started flying the flag. It really was a, a symbol of unity. Um, you know, so I found that interesting. Um, in terms of East Coast versus West Coast, I mean, they're both fairly liberal. So I, I'm not sure mm. why find more on the east coast and on the west coast no just, yeah, no i, I don't sure. know I, I did find it a fascinating subject though because you know the american flag is so iconic and means many different things to many different people around the world doesn't it and and it invokes you know lots of pride and passion and you you know I'm, we're always amazed over here when we see folks you know clutching their heart and singing you know in front of the flag and stuff i mean it's just such a different thing to how we'd behave in England, you know, maybe in right. Wales or in Wales or Scotland, they have a different attitude to sort of national flags, you know? Well, I Whereas mean, it, 
I mean, yeah, I think you have to be careful about about tipping over from you know pride in your country to to nationalism, right? Mm. Uh, it's yeah. a, and I think it can be a very fine line. Yeah. Uh, referring back to the two thousand one stuff, you know, it, I don't think it was so much around uh, nationalism; it was just that unity that that was bringing people together uh, after a horrible thing that happened. Now it seems like it's tipping more into the nationalistic. Um, arena and i'm not going to get too deep into that it just when you're driving down the down the interstate and you come up behind a car or a truck that's got you know a giant american flag with gun stickers and you know what would jesus do and and all of the other stuff it, it just kind of makes me cringe well you, i mean it's you... it's everybody has their own you know input and in what they want to do you know with it Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you follow the work of, if you don't, Wayne Martin Belger? Mm, I don't know. I don't. No. Well, just look. I don't know if he's published. I, his, I don't know if he's published his latest work yet. He uh, he makes pinhole cameras, large format pinhole cameras. Doesn't use any lenses, and he makes them. He's a an architectural metal sculptor, I think, or by trade or some kind of you know craftsman anyway. And when you look at his camera, he makes cameras to photographs scenes uh, and ideas and the camera is somehow linked to what he's photographing so he um in his very latest projects he was he's made a pinhole camera out of war related gun related things you know mm, right. and and then he's gone to these fairs um these sort of gun fairs <laughs> and, <laughs> with uh, people with um you know sunburnt necks and <laughs> fo- fo- photograph them you know without prejudice but actually and they're all very proud to be photographed but he's actually making something more of a deeper statement and commentary um and and he's photographed um people he's made a camera out of a skull mm. and and okay. he called that the Third Eye Project, and it was all about attitudes to um, different cultures and races. I think it was. Anyway, I have seen very... stuff. Yeah, I'm the, sure the you skull. Yeah, you have. I, I have seen his stuff because of the skull uh, reference. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that. And he's he's made he, he's made several different cameras. If you go onto his website, you can see all of his cameras and the projects that they're linked to. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah, he's fascinating. Um, mm. Do you, fly, do, you fl- do you fly an American flag, Corey, outside your house? Uh, I don't have one outside my house, but I have one hanging up in my workshop. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, one, of the, one of the projects that I've been very happy with over the last, and it, it's also very American, uh, is the idea of baseball. And uh, I did a, been going on road trips with a buddy of mine. This is pre-pandemic, obviously, but uh, baseball road trips where you just travel from city to city and check out all of the uh, baseball games. And yeah, I love, I adore live baseball. I can't stand watching it on TV, but I don't actually support any teams. I never give a crap who wins, but it's about the atmosphere and the, the beauty of a lot of these parks and so I've, I've been focused on that i've shot about 15 to 20 uh let's say let's say 15 uh major ballparks and I'm, my goal is to eventually get all 30 of them that um, that's cool that's on with pinhole yes with pinhole yeah with yeah, pinhole was, specifically 
Yeah. Now, I've seen. Forgive me. I didn't realise that was that was you. I've seen some work for that's been shared about people, somebody, and, and I guess it must have been you then, uh, right. doing pinhole pictures of ball, yeah, ballparks. I, yeah, I did my first uh, zine last year. That uh, was it. That's what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Ballpark. Was fireworks? Uh, there was one with fireworks, but yeah, yeah. ballpark was the name of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. noted noted each game that on the back cover is a like, list of each game and who won, like the score. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, and like I said, hoping to bring out uh, addition two eventually with the remaining fifteen or so parts. I would imagine baseball lends itself perfectly to pinhole photography, being so slow. <laughs> it does. It does. I mean, yeah, you sit there, especially night games, because the night games usually take four or five minutes for uh, an exposure, and uh, you know the guys nothing, are standing in the same spot. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see. <laughs> You can see these uh, kind of blurs of people moving when there's you know hit out into uh, center field or whatever. But but yeah, for the most part, you know you can see the pitcher where where the pitcher's standing and second baseman and shortstop. And yeah, it's, it's cool. I like. It. I um I, while while you were chatting about that, I was flicking down through your Instagram feed, Herschel, and I saw um, I don't know how far down it was. We're going back to American flags. There's an awesome picture here. I don't know if you've seen it, Corey. It was. 2020 American tree, and it's a, a mostly silhouetted color picture of a tree with this glowing orange American flag, you know, hanging from it. Absolutely brilliant. September the 27th, 2020, for anyone looking on, uh, so on Square that, Peg Pinhole Instagram. That with, picture right there is actually the one that uh, made me realize that I have this fixation with the American flag and I started looking back through all of my pictures over the years not just pinhole specific but uh but all types and uh that was actually my daughter is a uh, lifeguard uh at various pools around town and so that was actually right across the street from one of the pools where I was picking her up out in this fairly tony area of, of Nashville called Brentwood uh you know all very newer reach people out there but yeah Mm-hmm. That was yeah. on. That was on food. That was on slide film, then, huh? Yeah, uh, I can't remember what film it was. It's Velvia fifty. Oh, there you go. That's Fifteen minutes. Uh-huh. Is that yeah. glow just from the light that was on it? Yeah, because it was. Uh, it was near sunset, so it was that golden hour kind of. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the sun just happened to be coming through the trees in that area. Last. Yeah. Um, last. World Pinhole Day, not the one that's just gone, I think the one before, mm-hmm. um, you posted a blog about making a pinhole camera out of a coffee cup, but it seemed quite a painful experience. <laughs> it was. Uh, so uh, Pinhole Coffee is uh, out in San Francisco area, uh, run by this woman who is absolutely fabulous. And uh, so I ordered some stuff, you know, this is early pandemic and, and you know, they were closed because of, you know, they couldn't sell coffee, they couldn't have people in their shop and so mm. I wanted to make sure to support them so I ordered a bunch of stuff from them and one of the things that I ordered was uh, this little small coffee cup without a handle uh, that says pinhole on the side of it and I was like hey mm-hmm. I should turn that into a pinhole camera mm. and so I did I did cool. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was a tedious process yes uh, took a 
piece of cardboard and just taped it on the top uh, with a pinhole in it. But I had to figure out how to uh, create a more of an anamorphic. I was going to uh, say, it looks, like, it looks like you made an anamorphic one. I was just about to say that. Yeah. And so, you know, I had to figure, I actually unrolled some film in a dark bag and kind of guesstimated how, how wide the shot needed to be and cut it up. And I only took a couple of pictures with it. And uh, the one that I posted was the only one that really kind of looked good. With the whiskey bottles? Yeah. 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 Which yeah, that's cool. around, <laughs> around that time is also around the time that I realized I should stop drinking so much during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is everyone realizes. <laughs> yeah, you know, at some point I'm like, why do I have a hangover uh, every day? Oh, oh wait. So mm -hmm. I actually stopped drinking for a couple of months. Pouring a shot of whiskey with your cereal in the morning, you're like, oh, la, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> cereal tastes weird. Ugh. <laughs> it really does. It really does. How did um? I mean, we're not quite out of the woods yet, are we? But I think the light light is shining on the horizon. But how, when we were deep into the middle of it, you know, this time last year, um, mm -hmm. how, how did your photography either suffer or flourish? Um, I actually, it flourished. And the reason why it flourished was because it actually, I had a lot more time to, mm -hmm. to actually go and shoot stuff. I started experimenting a little more, um, had a little mini fixation on fire hydrants and shot a bunch of those and, so, yeah, I mean, it, it allowed me to go and walk and appreciate because I just moved into the place where I currently live, like right before the pandemic started. And then we had a uh, massive tornado right after that. Um, you know, so <laughs> there was a whole series of tornado photos. And, yeah, it just it, it, it got me back into photography uh, and really more focused on it. Yeah. Yeah. The one the fire hydrant pictures t for me when I was in within the states, American flags, fire hydrants, and those mm -hmm. weird letter boxes you have at the bottom of your streets with a little thing that goes up and down. Those things are just all fascinating to me, and I just photograph them constantly. I mean, mailboxes, <laughs> so mailboxes. Yeah, yeah those, are, those weird the things that you have at the end of your drive on a you know on a stick with uh, yeah. Mails in, you know, with the thing that pops up. We don't have those, so where do you so, go and get yours? And from? we don't get, we don't get fire hydrants like you guys they, have, and they're just made. So I'm I'm really pleased that something that you guys I would think take for granted, you're looking at, aren't you, and seeing? I I try to. I mean, yeah, you're you're right about taking things for granted. I hadn't really thought about mailboxes because um, I know that you get your mail through the door. I'm sure. Um, yeah. The uh, see that would require. Yeah, that would require uh, our our mail carriers to actually walk. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and like you know the neighborhood where I the neighborhood where I live, you know most of the houses are on anywhere between half an acre to an acre lot. So for a mail person to deliver to a hundred houses, yeah, you know, no, I understand. See, our, mail, our, our yeah. postman, our postman, we don't call them mailmen over here. Our postman, yeah. he's um, he's called Graham, and he's a lovely chap, and I chat to him most most mornings. And last year during lockdown, um, I was wandering around with a 1930s baby brownie loaded with 127 film. Nice. And I was photogra photographing people on the streets and I, and I photographed him and I made a print of him um, leaning on his post van, you know, like Postman Pat. I don't know if you know right. Postman Pat. I do. And, uh, <laughs> and I, gave him, I gave him a print and he was very pleased to have a print. <laughs> <laughs> so do, um, 
so you have these mailboxes, and I understand why you have them because you know you guys have your huge plots of land compared with mm-hmm. our pokey little places. Do you also have those? Do kids on bicycles really throw rolled up newspapers at your house rather than posting them through the door in much the same way? Uh, I, it's not so much yeah. kids anymore, uh, yeah. but it's it's, it's adults um, in cars really? again. Yeah, really. It, just, it depends on the neighborhood, though. Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you're at. If it's a suburb where there's, you know, lots you know, of houses, yeah, lots of houses in a smaller area, then you might have a kid on a bike. But yeah. you guys, you guys have that. I I remember uh, my, well, my no ex-wife. nobody throws newspapers at us. They they politely put them through your door. Well, well, yeah, okay, I guess so. I, I, no, they're I not throwing them. at you. They're just thrown in your general direction. To yeah, your well, house. that's even worse. <laughs> No, I, my ex was uh, lived in England, was from England, and uh, she she told me the story of her brother once who was delivering the paper for the local Stevenage, whatever they're called, uh, the Stevenage newspaper, and uh, he did it for a few days and then realized that he really didn't want to be up at five o'clock in the morning, and mm-hmm. so uh, for a few days after that, he just kind of hid his collection of newspapers and never actually delivered them. <laughs> <laughs> out in the out in the woods somewhere, and uh, got fired from the job. So yeah, that ha- that happens. We have these f- newspapers that get put through your door each week, which are just free ones. You know that you don't pay for. They're local things like the Hunt's Post, or the, and it was probably the Stevenage, the Stevenage Post, or something, which um, people get paid a small amount of money to go and deliver these things. And right, sometimes they turn up, and sometimes they don't. And if they don't turn up, they're probably in a ditch somewhere because the oh yes, the yes. youngster was. Too lazy to do the job properly. Mm. <laughs> the reality is, is you probably only paid two pounds a day to do it. So. Probably, yeah. Well, they should be grateful. You know? <laughs> yeah. Be grateful for his two pounds and do the job properly. <laughs> That's what I say. Um, what I love about your fire hydrants, before I upset any more postmen or mail boys or whatever, is that they're done with a flip flip lens brownie yeah. water, which, which I, I, I have mine and i shoot portraits of mine because it's i flipped it and the focal length is about 14 inches about which is really close and i can shove this thing in people's faces and get really horrible portraits of them but um, Mm -hmm. it's a great camera and love to see that you're using one too yeah the the results of the flip lens is just really nice i like the dreamy edges on it and Mm -hmm. um yeah it can be hit or miss in terms of the focus but eh, i don't care I, i shoot pinhole i'm not looking for focus yeah, you're no, I think with, with mine, I I wanted to work out where that sort of switch, because there is very much a sweet spot, isn't there, once you flip the lens on one of those things. And, mm-hmm. and I'd seen some people using them, and they seem to have a sweet spot of something in the middle distance. So I, I, I flipped mine and just shot a roll, and everything was blurred. And right. I thought, well, this is just weird. And so I stuck a piece of um, greaseproof paper or baking sheet or something, or maybe some opaque tape over it in the film plane and uh, try to work out where the image was focusing on and I, and I figured it was about 14 inches so now I just hold it you know in front of whatever it is normally a person yes. it's normally biting sharp you know and all the rest is like goes to rubbish around the edges but a really nice rubbish around the edges yeah I think mine I think mine is uh it has a good middle distance it seems like you know a couple of feet out I'm fine um mm-hmm. But I haven't tried anything closer than that because, again, I was shooting. In that case, I was shooting fire hydrants, and you just reminded me I need to pull that camera out and shoot it some more. There you Absolutely, go. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And to what about, are you giving your Holger and your Diana love as well? Because I read somewhere that you, you had those, um, you had those cameras and didn't use them much. And then you perhaps thought you ought to. Yeah, I've got, so I've got my uh, Meg uh, Diana, Meg Edition Diana, which is <laughs> back to Jack White. Uh, Jack White uh, of the White Stripes released a Jack Holga and a Meg Diana Edition. Yeah, I remember um, seeing those. One was red, maybe. Yeah, Meg. Yeah. The Meg is red, and it, it's a great. It really is a great camera. I love it. Um, the results from it are typically pretty spot on. I just have to do that whole remembering. Do I have it on pinhole? Do I have it on you know full sun? Mm -hmm. But other than that, yeah, it, it's it's great. Um, the other the Holgas. So I had a Holga, I had a couple of Holgas that I love, the light leaks were perfect. And, um, you know, they fell apart or, or lost or whatever. And uh, so the newer ones that I bought, it's like no light leaks at all. And I'm like, well, mm. if I'm not going to have light leaks, then I can actually get a camera that doesn't shoot really crappy photos. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't, don't get me started on Holgas because it's my... If you go onto my Flickr stream, where well, you can't, because you, well, actually you could, can't you? Don't. You I, I could, yeah. Gone. The yeah. most pictures I've posted are, are Holger, and there isn't one with a light leak. I've never had a light leak, and I, I mainly use them for close-up three-foot portraits, and they are all pretty much as sharp as as sharp as a tack. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, uh, w with you know, lost edges, and so I I, I love them. You know, I've converted one to a pinhole, which I've talked about on this show before. Mm -hmm. So I kept the um, I kept the 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 trick the the, the switch you know the clicky uh, what what do you call it shutter switch yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> took the lens off and just put a pinhole on and I've still got a film in it and I haven't yet finished it and this must be about eighteen months now I've never had a film in a camera so long it's <laughs> sat in this Holger pinhole thing I've made so I've no idea if it's a if it produces a bunch of tosh or not really. That's one of my problems is that I'll uh, load a camera, I'll shoot two, three, four pictures on it, and then I'll put it up on the shelf, and then I'll pull it back out six months later. I'm like, ah, crap, what film is in here? Um, and so I just kind of guesstimate. Uh, my favorite color film is uh, Kodak Portrait one, uh, 160. So typically I'll shoot around the, the 200 ASA range and hope that it's not some other film. Yeah, you take it out and find it's Delta 3200 or something. <laughs> Oops. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's always fun. It's always that uh, never quite being certain. And that's one of the reasons why I like pinhole so much. Never quite certain of the images you're going to get or um, quite certain of what film is actually in the camera. Mm -hmm. Unless mm. you tape it on the back. <laughs> No, <laughs> so so Alex uh, Yates a long time ago was trying to convince me that I should be part of this uh, notebook army. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of carrying a piece of notebook around with you so that you can, you know, make all the notes yeah. about the shot that you it's, just shot. It's and pointless. Like, it's absolutely pointless. <laughs> it's not pointless. I can understand where they're coming uh, from. It's very too. It's amazing, but I can't. You, can write, uh, you can write the stuff down, but unless you go back and actually learn from it, and that's what I find. I write stuff down, then I, I and I develop the shot. I think, oh, that's all right. That's good. That's bad. That's rubbish. But I never go back and look at the notes anyway. And I know, I know, you're supposed to and to work <laughs> out, you know, if I can do it better. But I can't be bothered to do any, to be honest. <laughs> the uh, I'm 
uh, probably about 10 years ago uh, in a uh, just toward Alex and that group. I actually made a short video of me pretending to urinate on a, on a pinhole notebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, whatever. I'm sure I remember listening to you guys on the pinhole podcast talking about talking about notebook army stuff and also drop bears. Was that was that the pinhole podcast talking about drop, drop bears? No, I don't remember that. It wasn't drop bear. That must have been another. Oh, I know. That was the instant. There was an instant photography show. That was a drop bear. Was uh, yeah, that was the Australian cat white. That was right. Yeah, so it wasn't what I was thinking. I was thinking of mm. completely. If anyone else knows what I'm talking about with Australian drop bears, then you can send Corey an email. If you can work out what the email address is, we don't have an email address. Do we not? <laughs> oh well, you can't send an email. <laughs> there, used, there used to be, as as well as the short-lived pinhole podcast that her, our guest Hertel was involved in, there was a an instant. It was called, I think it was called the Instant Photography Show or something like that. Did you not remember that one, Herschel? Um, no, no. I have to. Like I said, I. I was not into podcasts when I actually started uh, with the Pinhole podcast, and uh, and then didn't really get into podcasting until about two years ago, and started listening on a regular basis. So, mm. yeah. but I'll go back and look. Yeah, no, I, but I think unless you, there's only so many things you can talk about unless you get guests on, you know. And I think that was what we found, wasn't it, Corey? And if you had an interesting, yeah guest or even a non-interesting guest it just mm-hmm. means you can keep putting shows out because there seems to be an endless amount of people you know using pinhole cameras and want or you, or you <laughs> want to talk yeah or you can get them on twice you know well uh, so wait time out uh, so do i fall on the interesting or the non-interesting so side? far uh, we're not yeah. sure we'll have to let you know yeah. uh once we get uh the numbers back for <laughs> we were going to get Alex um, Purcell back on, but we're not going to get him on anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> he failed to send you. Uh, oh, Alex, I'm sorry, <laughs> Alex. I'm sorry. Oh, man. I'm sorry when I've unleashed on you, Alex. I, I imagine apologize. it's just got uh, our local post is a, is a bit poor. I, I imagine it's just got lost in the post. Through, know, I've had mine for six months, I guess. Three, mm. Threw him under the bus, <laughs> not once, but twice. <laughs> <laughs> The salty mafia is coming after you, Alex. A bit of no, I, also, salty I print ma- mafia. I haven't, I haven't made a salt print in uh, t- eighteen months, two years. Long live the king! You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't very good at it when I did it. You know? Yeah. So, what's next then for you, Herschel, um, with pinhole? I don't know. I mean, I just got this uh, zero image. I'm planning on, um, you know, going out and shooting more. It, it really is a camera that just makes me want to shoot um in terms of projects and stuff i started to do the zine around the uh how we fly and the american flag stuff and i've got a lot of good pictures i just didn't feel like i had enough to actually put a zine together and so i've I've pulled that back for for now and i'm going to keep shooting and if i'm guessing it'll be another year before i feel confident enough that i have enough pictures Especially now that I'm I'm focused on it, I'm actually thinking about and you know, even my daughter now is will drive by someplace. She's like, "Hey, there's a flag," and I'll look. I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> there's also no. a man with a shotgun there. <laughs> Florida man's hanging out beside it. Florida man. No, I you know I fantasized about so long again five years ago. I 2014 I did a project 
called um, where in the uh, or wait next best thing pinhole. So the premise of it is that I had this I have continued to have this fantasy of kind of traveling the world and you know pinholing lots of different places. I love travel, um, but not feasible. Certainly not at this point. Maybe when I retire. So I think of the next best thing is to elicit the solicit the the uh, help of lots and lots of photographers around the world and um, ask them to dedicate a year of their life to uh, pinholing for me. And they uh, each quarter they would send in two pictures, two pinhole pictures. One would be focused around the landscape where they live, and the other one would be focused on the culture where they live. And this project, you know, kind of went from the just the seeds of my head to what I think turned out to be an amazing, amazing uh, end product. Ended up with about close to 300 pictures uh, from around the world. Had about 40 photographers. Um, Managed to actually get all seven continents. I even had uh, penguins in Antarctica because uh, uh, Jesus uh, Hoglar um, told me that a friend of his was going to be doing an expedition down to Antarctica with work. And he actually went through the process of teaching this guy how to shoot pinhole. And then uh, a couple of months later, I had these amazing pictures of penguins and Antarctica, mm. and it, it blew me away. Wow. So, yeah, I was so... That's really cool. Where does one go to see this work then? Is it in a zine? Uh, no, it's actually online. Uh, I've kept the, kept the URL, which is nextbestthingpinhole.com. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I'll we pull go and check that out. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I mean, if you want to see some amazing photos and and just the the culture, especially, uh, there's a gentleman in Madagascar who really uh, the the land was beautiful, but also uh, had a lot of amazing culture images from from where he lives. I'll put a link into the Facebook group, Corey, yeah. so that. People can okay. see. Uh, people can see that. And what about yeah. your flag zine? And uh, what was the other one you're doing? I've forgotten already now. Let's see, uh, well, the flag zine. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, I said the, that one. the the baseball. The baseball will baseball take zine. me some number of years because I've got to I've got to do the West Coast, um, <laughs> and I've got to do uh, Central America with or not mm. Central America, but but Central US, which means you know driving from Texas to. Minnesota and hitting, you know, the the five or six ballparks that are in that area. So it'll it'll be a few more years before I get part two of that out. So but have you my, got? So there's is a part one available as a zine? Is that is that uh, right? Well, yeah, it was. Although it was. it was, and I, you know, I got fifty of these done in my first scene, and I'm, I, you know, obviously wanted to keep costs down, so I, I didn't expect to sell that many to be honest because it's fairly esoteric pinhole and baseball uh mm-hmm. so you know i just like i said i didn't expect to really sell that many um ended up selling all of them within uh within a couple of weeks yeah cool um so i've debated i did keep a couple back which i've now gone through i, I have one <laughs> my one for me uh, I've debated on whether or not to do a second run of those, and I think I probably will here in the next uh, couple of months. Yeah, well, keep, awesome. keep us keep us posted because again, we'll we'll uh, post a link to that. Um, 
I'll certainly be interested in getting one of those. So that's great. And the flag mm-hmm. one when it comes out. So keep us posted. Uh, well, well, I may I may actually uh, send that one to you. Uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't angry yeah. for a freebie. I'm quite happy to pay. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. you for a freebie. Don't worry. No, no. no I, I would totally send it to you for free. It might get lost in the mail like Alex's. But, uh... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I expect, Corey, I expect Corey's will turn up. <laughs> Virtually. So, you also... Yeah, uh, cool. You also are you still using? I made some notes here. Your Vermeer six by seventeen and Holger WPC. Holger uh, so, uh The WPC I use all the time. Yeah. Uh, shockingly, knowing Holger products, it is actually the second. No, I take the back. Third best pinhole camera I've used. Cool. Um, mm. Second best being the Reality So Subtle six by six, which is gorgeous. I had awesome. one. I had his first. I think it was his first one, the the six by seventeen curve plane. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, so I've had terrible luck in terms of uh, my camera collection. Uh, part of the imposter syndrome that I had was also coupled with uh, the fact that somebody broke into my house and stole about five thousand dollars worth of camera equipment, uh, including oh, uh, including several of uh, my pinholes. I had a I had a uh, a Polaroid that I had uh, converted as well um, with a beautiful lens. And anyway, so you know, that coupled with my imposter syndrome kind of was part of the reason why I dropped out of everything. Um, but again, slowly building up. But I highly, highly suggest that if anybody's interested in getting into pinhole, the 6x6 six by, six by Reality So Subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the 16x17, 6x17 is, is also phenomenal. Not that uh, uh, Matt, I'm. I think that those guys were probably disappointed when they got to the bunch, bunch with a bunch of pinhole cameras, and they're like, "What is this?" You <laughs> know, so you kind of got you kind of got the last laugh first one away. I mean, just yeah. What is this shit? I'm just so. <laughs> well, the, I don't know. I mean, I, I do know that. Uh, um, yeah, the pinhole cameras. I I don't know why they sold those, other than they look kind of neat. Yeah. Really. Oddly enough, though, they left they left an SX seventy, <laughs> which I didn't understand. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Well, they obviously they were. weren't jealous pinhole thieves, then. you know, they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, it's six by seventeen, grab it. <laughs> Corey, you've been off, you've been out of the loop a little while, and you don't do Twitter, so I guess you no, you I may not have heard. You may not have heard of this, but oh, I've got some weird echo going on. Yeah, what are you doing? Hold on. Do I sound? Can you hear this weird echo? Some reason that's weird. Ooh, is that better? Yeah, there you go. All right, sorry about that. That was my fault. That's all right. Okay, not to worry. There's a really heartwarming story which you know I can just relate to if you just if you just let me, Corey. Um, Our friend Neil Piper, who along with uh, the aforementioned. Um, Alex Purcell hosts the um, Soot and Whitewash podcast. Neil um, has a reality so subtle six by six. It was I don't, I don't know if it's the Rise one or the or the filter one. And he's also a great lover of um, Manfrotto clamps and things. And he puts mm-hmm. his camera on all sorts of weird places. Anyway, he had an accident and I th- it got run over by a forklift truck. Oh, yeah. <sighs> and and it, you know, it it broke into pieces along with the tripod head and the clamps, I think. 
And um, he shared this news, oh, I don't know, on Twitter. And Ben Mills, who puts out a wonderful um, zine in collaboration with three other photographers now and again called uh, Four Frames. He goes under the name online as Hip, Hip Shoots Film. Anyway, Ben's a lovely guy. And he organised a GoFundMe <laughs> page. Uh, and within, that's rad. within a few hours, it got like 400 quid in it, you know, 400 pounds. Nice. And um, it's it's he's got a, a new pinhole camera on the way, the tripod head and clamps and stuff, and and a load of film from that's pretty cool. Analog Wonderland, <laughs> a wonderful thing. That's cool. fabulous. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's one of the things that I like about this community. It is very very supportive. Um, you know, back when I did the next best thing project, I didn't know any of the people. Or let me rephrase that: I knew didn't know most of the people who were involved, but they, they joined because it was just the idea of, of this community of, of people who shoot pinhole. It was nice. And it's now I've just, um, Oh, next best thing. Oh, I spelled it wrong. I'm sure I've now you, the more you talk about this project, next best thing, I'm sure I remember hearing about it or reading about it. Um, when it was, uh, when it was happening and thinking what a wonderful, project it was i just typed in the wrong thing and didn't get it at all unfortunately it, it, i didn't end up on a pornography site <laughs> next, um, no i didn't i said nextbestthing.com no nextbestthing pinhole ah uh, well folks folks out there don't type in nextbestthing.com <laughs> <laughs> the uh you know I, I had fantasies about uh using blurb or some organization like that to create a book mm -hmm. of these images and unfortunately that was also cost prohibitive i didn't want i really wanted to gift the photographers i wanted to be able to say here here's your book for participating thank you so much um you know never money oriented or anything like that but you know when i was looking at two three thousand quid for our dollars for, mm, for sure. getting those printed i'm like eh, maybe not well yeah. uh, I'll put a link into the Facebook group because I'm just looking at it here and uh, I don't uh, just randomly it's on dates. There's people who I recognize people I don't, uh, Monica Smith there and, um, someone called Herschel Pollard, oh, Ross yeah, Gashi, who's, um, lives in Hawaii, doesn't he? And shoots on the mm -hmm. beach and things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, money is one of my favorite people. I like her a lot. I was lucky to meet her in Portland. Um, Back during a pinhole day, back many years ago, yeah. and uh, she's she's delightful. Her husband was she delightful is. as well. Yeah, I met them both. Her and um, uh, Raf Raphael, Raphael uh, when mm -hmm. they came to when they came to England for the pinhole yeah. photography mm -hmm. a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah, when did they come to that? Well, we were meant to be in Dublin last year and this year, I guess as well. But of course, it didn't happen. Well, I had planned to come to Dublin and then COVID. Um, which was fine with me because I have a I have a, a serious fear of flying. Um, mm. And mm. going to, <laughs> I think Portland. Was, <laughs> I think Portland was my last flight. Uh, I mean, it's fine. Take pop a few Xanax, so, you know, no problem. But uh, but it's that that you know. Well, you, could always, you could catch a a cruise liner or something if such things still exist. You know? I you don't know if they do or not. 
I, I appreciate you and I appreciate you, uh, your efforts uh, toward Pinhole and, and everything that you do. The, Thanks. The Facebook group is great. And uh, yeah, that's all. That's all Andrew. So give him the credit for that. Well, Thank you're you, supposed Andrew. to be, you're supposed to dip into it as well. Oh, I can't stand Facebook. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> can't stand Facebook, can't stand Twitter, Twitter. can't stand Flickr. Yeah. Not even the groups. Oh, a lovely little group. So here you go. Anyone listening to the show and a Facebook <laughs> user, right? He can't stand you. He can't stand you. He can't bear to interact with you on Facebook. Can't, can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> right. Well, you'll All never right. know what's going on, will you? Yeah. I'm always be out of the loop. It's cool. I like it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thank you, gentlemen, so much. Yeah. I, I do appreciate it. Thanks, Herschel. It's been yeah. a blast. And... Yeah. Um, uh, I had no idea it was you that was coming on, but it's been right. it's been lovely. <laughs> and pleasant pleasant surprise. <laughs> Excellent. All, All right. right. Well cool. I will talk to you guys at some point. Okay. You will. Take it easy. Thank All you right. very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.